0: Chris Davis takes it to the back of the end zone, he'll run it after the 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 25, 50, 45, here comes Davis, oh my god, Davis is going running all the way back, Auburn's going to win the football game, Auburn's going to win the football game. It's a hey, and it was BYUG, bring your own
1: guts, and they brought some guts and some heart, and they never quit until the last one. Her kick is blocked, Jackson took Boston. The Jacket's picking up back in the 25, and Austin is returning it down the left side of the night, that's the 50, i
0: Who the hell are we and why should you listen to anything we have to say? Well, as far as myself, I have an MBA, securities licenses, and clients net worth for decades for 15 million dollars. They have fifty million dollars, so you only can keep clients like that if you use decision science. You use logic and you use math, and you have a vast network of people that you tap in to their knowledge to benefit your clients. Because because of my securities licenses, I have a fiduciary responsibility to protect the public. Now, for me to make money and live a good lifestyle here in Southern California, I have to consistently make my client money. And more than that, provide them with the right intellectual financial resources. So we all could be happy. So I translate that my career, who I am, into sports betting to give you, of all people, the tools you need to put money in your pocket, betting on college and professional sports. Why do I do it? I do it because I just got tired of listening to the bullshit from ESPN, from Fox Sports, constant tongue- Big tension, a constant ton of just crap. So, since I watch a lot of sports, since I have a lot of contacts in the sports industry, I decided to share information. Good, solid. I have a journalism background as well, well sourced information, so we can all help each other get to the truth, or at least get close to the truth. Elon Musk said, if you know the truth, you can predict outcomes. So what we do is we collaborate. the sports betting is about collaboration. We collaborate with each other to get as close to the truth as possible to predict outcomes. And since we live in a $134 trillion U.S. market, the richest country in the world. For now, there's enough money for everybody where we do not have to be over competitive. But we teach decision science. We teach uh, mental health, mental health first aid kit. We teach uh, different methods, the nuts and bolts, right, of how to pick an investment how to analyze an investment right and sports betting is an investment of your time and your money so you have to have a very disciplined process if you think you're the smartest toughest guy in the room you are always in the wrong room so i have strength and conditioning coach chad nolan who will be here shortly and the first part of the podcast that we're gonna do is get some insight into the year of a college football player and that really they work uh, a million hours for 60 minutes each, (laughs) each Saturday, but it's a whole year process and the strength and conditioning program uh has a lot of influence on players for about six months out of the year I read about it Chad's the expert so Chad thank you for joining us as we're going to preview the uh Atlantic Coast Conference but first we're going to get some insight football knowledge into what goes on during the year for uh these college
1: athletes and football, yeah. No, totally. I mean, you hit it on the head, you know, uh, Josh, you know, said we do take, you know, when we speak about corporate governance of these teams, when we're evaluating right. them, you know, a lot of times we talk about the head coach, uh, mostly, but, you know, another part of that corporate governance is the head strength coach, as these guys have the players for, you know, half the year, right and in a time of the year right now, um, where the strength coach just had these guys for two months of the summer. Um, and then, you know, come around here this week, next week, all these fall camps are starting and the strength coach passes, you know, off, off these guys, you know, to to the coaches for fall camp and get ready for the season. Uh, but as far as, you know, culture, mentality and development, uh, being ready for that camp and being ready for the season, injury prevention, you know, performance, you know, these these strength coaches need to be, you know, half the piece, you know. Sometimes, you know, you don't want to get caught up just looking at the head coach when these strength coaches have just as much influence. Um, the corporate governance in the weight room needs to be, you know, considered just as much as, you know, the, the corporate governance of, of the team on the field and, and at practice. Right. So you look at the money aspect, too, like
0: at uh, Georgia and Alabama, the strength and conditioning coaches are getting paid more than uh, position coaches your linebacker coach, your safeties coach, your analyst, they're they are actually getting paid more money than they are. Uh, so it's an important position. And when you're watching on Saturday, very important to know what it is you're watching. right? And then, again, uh, like you could listen to the last couple podcasts where we talk about as a wealth manager, no one has ever gotten rich with technical analysis. People have gotten rich with fundamental analysis. And part of it, big part of fundamental analysis is corporate governance. That's why Elon Musk is so important. Steve Jobs at Apple, right? Iconic CEO, Apple's worth three trillion. The Russia GDP is 2.5 trillion. So Apple has more money than the country of Russia. And it's because of the corporate governance. Roger Goodell got in a fight with Jerry Jones over corporate governance. It's very important. And it's very important to us as we learn and we as we're putting our emotions, our time into watching college football. We know what's going on and we can anticipate outcomes. Remember like Elon Musk said the closer you get to the truth the more you can predict outcomes so we'll talk about the year and we'll talk about uh as we get into it what determines uh, the possibility of a team being having a successful season right in roster management it's huge huge in learning and seeing what you're watching there on the field now chad i used to work out with eg green a uh, couple of other NFL guys, and NFL guys only take about two, two, uh, two weeks off. Two weeks off after the season, they're back. They're back at it. Uh, college football season ends. Uh, you get prepared for a bowl game. Uh, I learned from you, right, that you can lose your speed in four days. Yeah. So you really can't take more than four days off. So yeah, so sprinting you
1: know, is, is 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 different. Um... And it also depends on the athlete, right? So, you know, just talking, I actually had this conversation with with Les, you know, Les Spellman, my my mentor, speed coach, uh, the other day. But, you know, looking at the athlete is as well is how that, that athlete, you know, generates force or how they run. Like, for example, like an AJ Brown type body type, you know, right. that's a big, thick, two hundred and fifteen pound six one, six two guy. That's a guy that probably, you know, he only needs to really have one really super high volume or high impact day of speed work that week to maintain his speed because he is a bigger guy. So he can get away with a little bit um, less volume, you know, where you give him one big session or two smaller sessions a week and he can maintain his top speed that way. But a guy like a Devontae Adams, that's only 175 pounds, that's very low impact when he runs. He doesn't use the same energy systems. It's a lot easier for him um, you know, to recover and run. It's less force on his body for a guy like Devontae Adams uh, than a guy like AJ Brown. A guy like Devontae Adams would need a bigger dose of sprinting. He might need, you know, two to three sessions of higher intensity that week for him to maintain, you know, his velocity. So, you know, look, looking at that, um, you know, certain body types of guys need different doses of the medicine to, to maintain, you know, their, their top-notch performance.
0: Right. So you have different guys, right? You have uh, guys, and it doesn't matter if you're FCS, right? Because FCS gets a couple of guys in the NFL here and there. Uh, in the first couple of rounds, there's always going to be an FCS guy, a guy who's gotten himself to an elite level by developing himself and you have your blue bloods right which are your top 20 percent right there behind me is the 80 20 rule and you have the 80 percent. and again we talked about marginal utility An fcs school always upsets the power five so-called power five or you know a a higher level school every year right north dakota state is just as good as anybody they're front line right said but they don't have as much scholarships as as the blue bloods for the schools but north dakota state especially in the beginning of the season can play with probably any team in the country. So you'll have your freshman who's developing his body versus guys who are going to the NFL guys who are going to the NFL. They right after the season, they're going to start training. your freshman who's developing his body. Coach will let him go Christmas, open up presents with his family, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, They get a little bit of a break, depending if they go to the bowl game or not. They get two to three weeks of a break. And then you start in January, you start winter lifting. And from winter lifting, you go to spring practice. From spring practice, you go to summer. Now, big change for for me, knowing what's going on. I didn't value it as much as I should have. Uh, Houston, for example, when we'll talk about a few teams in the ACC, they had 40 guys come in after spring practice. That did not used to happen. So throughout all that time, winter lifting, spring practice, and summer, uh, players are uh, based, developing their bodies, right? Working on what they need to work on to get on the field and to develop their craft as a, as a football player right? For some guys is they want to get to the NFL. Some of the guys says they want to keep that scholarship so they don't have student loans. Uh, They can develop football as far as it goes and then develop their network so they can graduate and have a successful business career or a successful coaching career. About 1%, 1% or 2% actually make it into the NFL. But these guys are uh, working out, getting the numbers, and coaches, along with the strength staff, have to focus on roster management, right? Because there's only so much you can do. And again, a lot of there's a lot of great coaches in the ACC who are great developmental coaches. Uh, Nick Saban at Alabama is both. He's a great recruiter. He's a great judge of talent, and he develops. Players. So, what is your thoughts,
1: uh, Chad, on, on the calendar? Uh, just the, the like the the schedule for ACC, or just the overall football season schedule for for college football? For players, for strength and conditioning, you go winter practice, you go uh,
0: spring practice, yeah. Summer, summer, the guys are coming in. Yeah. So, so you know, um,
1: you know, a, a sport like football, um, you know, that's very very long season very intense, a um, lot of contact and but injuries and stuff like that. You know, it's really, really hard. Um, you know, you're not going to develop during the season, right? We're looking right. at from the day one when I start you in fall camp, I'm looking for you to maintain 90% of where you are towards three months later at the end of the season, three and a half right. months later. Right. That's the goal. We want you to be within because you are going to lose. You're not able – you're not going to be able to train the same. It's not a developmental period of the year. Right. So, you know, the approach when I'm in the season as a strength coach, I'm looking okay. I'm looking to get you as high as I can all summer, peak up your maxes fast as you can, and I'm looking for you to maintain 90% of that. Uh, You know, then with the bowl game structure, you know, sometimes you get three or four weeks uh, out. So, you know, if, you know, they don't let the kids go home or whatever, the the weight guys, we can get a little two- or three-week programming in that period to kind of prep the bodies, get a little bit of development going on. Uh, for those two or three weeks, knowing there's only one game left, you know, and there's not a whole season ahead that they need to be prepared for. Um, you know, you can kind of kind of go in on that. Then, you know, you play your bowl game. Yeah, then you come back for that spring ball, which is, you know, that that January, February, you know, when those lifts start, when you get back from from that break, you that's a straight developmental period. So now we're testing you right away at January. I got January, February, March, you know, to get you right. Through basically, probably a good 10 to 12 week block before you start spring practice. Um, But then even in spring practice, you know, there are two to three practices a week. Um, It's not crazy volume. So we can still, you know, it's not like the season. Spring practice is not the season of games where I'm like, okay, we're just trying to manage and maintain what we've got. We can still kind of keep that development going a little bit through spring ball, at least maintain everything. We've got that 12 weeks and then send the kids home. They come back for summer and, you know, you got a good two months, you got a good eight to 10 week summer program. Again, we're straight development and we are trying to increase power output, speed, vertical. And then and then, you know, we get get as much as we can and start that fall cycle of fall camp. Where we're now back into a maintenance period where, you know, let's hold on to all these gains we got. So, you know, hold on to at least 90 percent. So when I come back in, you know, at the next year, we're progressively getting better every year. Um, but right, yeah, I mean, it's, right. it's a it's a constant cycle of, you know, development, maintenance, development, maintenance, and, and just, you know, to make sure we're not regressing. You know, if we can develop and maintain and develop, maintain, develop, maintain. You know, we don't want to develop and then season happens and we go back and develop and season happens and we just right. stay in the same place. So being able to manage the workload and and just progress the athletes through the different parts of the season. You know, there are a lot of different you know parts to a football season um that it is it is a, it's a lot it's a long season and um you know getting getting playing 10 to 12 games of a football season every week um you know you, you got to prepare you know prepare your body for that and, and you got to be ready for the long haul just because you feel great week four week five and you haven't got dinged up yet you know it just takes one play for you to get, get a little tweak and um you know have to manage so you know as a strength coach in that time of the year like you said you know earlier it's it's really about making sure my best guys can be on the field, even when they're banged right. up and making sure I'm giving them the proper dose or the proper, you know, chance to, to be, feel the best they can Saturday. Cause at the end of the day, if my best player is only 90, 85%, you know, that guy's probably still the best I got. He's probably the guy at 90, 85% that I want out there. Um, you know, and, and and knowing that guys aren't always going to be fresh. They're not always going to be a hundred percent. You know, a lot, most guys aren't a hundred percent throughout the season, but you know, being able to just get them the highest percentage that you can so you can ensure that your best players are on the field is, is critical.
0: Right. And the mentality is different from the Blue Bloods to uh, there's a lot of, it, especially when we get into it right here in the uh, ACC, there's developmental programs. Your Wake Forest, I think Syracuse, uh, he, they have a developmental coach where, like, what you're saying, right? You improve, you maintain. You improve, you maintain. However, the intensity is far greater at Alabama At in this situation with the ACC. It's much different at Florida State, much different at Clemson than it is at Wake Forest or Syracuse, right? At Syracuse, as long as you're, like you're saying, maintaining and getting better, you're going to get your spot next year or you're going to have a chance to compete. With Florida State or Clemson, you might get cut. <laughs> right. Even though you're maintaining, we're bringing in a guy who, I'm sorry, man, he's just better than you are. There's nothing you can do. This, this your chance to transfer. We, you know, I'm gonna give you a list of five coaches I know where you could, you could transfer, where you can improve and maintain, right? And that's during really winter workouts, and then spring, and then summer. Hey, summer, we're bringing in this cat. We we already gave him an IL bringing in this cat who who's a superstar gonna be first round top five pick in your position, man. Thanks. You're gonna be about fourth string, right? So you're gone. Versus uh Wake Forest, where that's not gonna happen, or Syracuse, where that's that's not gonna happen, right? So it's it's a different mentality in the calendar, and you have to pay attention to it. And again, which coaches, which coaching staffs strength and conditioning people can keep the elite guys number one on the field like you're saying number two in the program engaged and motivated throughout the year and have that roster management because again we look at as we get into the teams we look at how many career starts are coming back on the offensive line how many returning starters do you have right for the developmental teams uh what's the coach's background Did he look into this job or did he get this job because of merit or does he have a, a mafia or syndicate behind him, Like the Georgia tech coach is part of that bill. Belichick coach saving, uh, football business networking, uh, for lack of a better word, syndicate or group that take care of each other, give each other jobs. They have these secret Renaissance meetings where they go to strategy and that's why you got to like that georgia tech changing to that 425 defense you know a lot of teams in the acc are going to be playing the 425 or juicy at pitt of course as we get into it so that's the calendar it's very important especially now with nil the way things are changing teams bringing uh teams with deep pockets are bringing in 40 guys after summer lincoln riley did the same thing so you got to know what you're watching. You got to be pay, paying attention to that. So first thing we're going to look at is a team that, even though they won a recent national championship, uh, they are a blue blood. But they have to develop players because they're in a smaller market. Uh, Dabble's getting the big money out there in South Carolina. South Carolina has. Six million people. Uh, there's six million people between Chad and I, and we both live in California. <laughs> yeah,
1: but,
0: yeah. Yeah. That's just a part of, uh, of California. That's and, funny. I was just looking at
1: San Antonio, Texas, has seven million people in it alone.
0: Right. Right. That's why uh, USDA is building a great program there in the AAC. I encourage people to listen to the AAC podcast. Man, it was magic. Uh we had uh glick sports writer for si uh, you know we've been following each other for six years meet each other a lot of money and we give a lot of insight into what's going on in college football as a whole and into developmental programs and how things are changing because if you live in the past you die in the past and dabble sweeney a lot of people always said that he was just going to be a baptist minister he was living in the past. And even Nick Saban, uh, owner of Mercedes dealerships now, he has one in Tennessee, one in Georgia. He owns them with uh, Bill Belichick. He went forward and lockstep with NIL. Dabble Sweeney did not. Now, the mustard's off the hot dog because he's all G-Chucks, I'm a Christian, da-da-da. When everybody goes out of the way to tell you you're a Christian, what do you think of? Hypocrite, right? And uh, Deshaun Jack, you know, sean Watson ended up being a complete degenerate under his le- lack of leadership and helping that guy out. Not be so bad in his ways. But Dabble Sweeney is a great football coach, national title winner. They have 199 starts coming back on that offensive line. Uh, He's a blue blood. He knows how to recruit talent. He's recruited. He always, this is his philosophy, right? You got to look at the philosophy of the coach. He's big on, okay, I'm going to recruit the best quarterback in the country. He thinks it's Kubiak here. And I'm going to recruit the best defensive line in the country, offensive line. I need my strength and conditioning guy, Chad, to coach him up and have them hustling. So uh, last year, they had three losses. They were embarrassed by South Carolina. I see them coming up strong and being a national title contender. And because he's proven it and he, he's he got Chad Morris back in there, he's got a lot of uh, uh, old school guys back on his uh, staff. Jeff Scott, the head coach at USF, is back there. Uh they're good as a cohesive unit. They're like a cult. They believe in Clemson. That's why when just Scott went to South Florida, Chad Morris, they leave Clemson. They don't do as good because they're they're out of their cult. So I like Clemson uh, to, to have a strong year this year. What do you think, Chad?
1: Yeah, you know, I'm trying to look at their win totals. Who it is? I'm sure it's it's pretty high. Um, but you know, we we do have. I, I, I really look at quarterbacks like quarterbacks to me is like one of the biggest in college football quarterbacks are huge too. I love to like, if, to take it, you know, in a betting angle, looking at the, the better quarterbacks is always, a, is a good play. It's evaluating in right. the quarterbacks, you get a clean edge w- with those guys just because the marginal utility in college is way more than the NFL when it you know, right. comes to quarterbacks, you know, you have way more marginal utility, so you can kind of get an edge with guys, I'm not super sold on Klubnik. I don't think he's necessarily going to be a super elite quarterback, but (laughs) the ACC is one of the weaker conferences, developmental conference. There's not a lot of top teams. By default, Clemson's a top two, three team at worst. Right. Um, That defense is going to be on point. You know, that Clemson defense is always good. Look at them to kind of be an under team, a very good underdog team. Not a team, I think, that's going to be super great as heavy favorites covering spreads as they're going to lean in on the defense. Right. Um, especially early on because we do have a new play caller in Clemson Wright, uh, in Garrett Riley, uh, in his first year showing up there with Cade Clubnick meshing. So we got to kind of watch out the first two or three games. Um, what was the gentleman's name you had on the last podcast, Josh? Uh, Adam Blake. Adam so, yeah, yeah, listening to Adam, you know, uh, I listened to that podcast, just, you know, to getting some insight. And, you know, Adam said, you know, he likes to kind of the first two or three weeks really fill teams out, right? Because, you know, we don't really know exactly how they're going to be. So as an offensive unit with a new play caller in Clemson, obviously the defense is going to be there. The O-line is going to be there. They should be able to run. They don't have any necessarily return receivers that are standout guys. Like, oh, they got a guy. But it's Clemson. They have five-star guys. I'm expecting some very good athletes on the outside to emerge this year that we're not necessarily familiar with. So I'm not necessarily too worried about that. Um, I do think the offense will be a little bit of a learning curve. So I'm really going to watch on that, you know, Cade Klubnick and the play calling with that new play caller in Clemson and really see how they mesh these first couple weeks Um, because really that's going to be, to me, What's going to make them, uh, you know, at losing the ACC championship or losing the semifinals to actually being a national contender? It's really going to be to see how club Nick at quarterback and the play calling from Riley can can, um, you know, go ahead here and, and and take them to that next level. Because we know they're going to be solid discipline wise. We know that defense is going to be solid. We know that the O-line is going to be there. We know the five star guys are riddled all through that that roster. So. That's what I'll be be looking at early on to see how those guys are kind of meshing on the offensive side of the ball.
0: All right, and Gary Riley is very. So salesmen think, think short-term. Businessmen and women think long-term. To win a national title like Dabble Sweeney has, you have to be a long-term thinker. Remember, he was a wide receiver in a national title, I think it was 1990 Alabama team. So the way Dabble is thinking is, they're going to run the ball control flavor of the of the air raid uh, against teams that can just line up and beat. As a blue blood, however, when they get into the playoffs or they, they play at Miami, if they get into a shootout, they're ready to go with the air raid. They'll run the shootout part of the air raid with Garrett Riley, Mike Leach guy, and it's a small world, right? Kitty, I think he's the offensive coordinator of West Virginia. When Ben Rathlap, now the receivers coach at San Diego, that we know and love, taught us the air raid. He was a receiver in the air raid. Uh, you can run any flavor of the air raid. You can run the ball control type, which they'll do. You can just swing it out, block, get a big play against the developmental teams. However, when they get in the playoffs, if they play Alabama or someone, they might have to get in the shootout they'll be ready to go late in the season without every different practicing to get in a shootout. Now, people right now are big on floor. So that's Clemson. We like them this year,
1: especially in the situation. the schedule. Yeah, their win totals 10, too. Okay. I think they could go. Because the win totals include bowl games, right? No. Just regular season. Just regular season. Okay, okay. So that's a little bit. Yeah, so they'll be right at it. At I don't at,
0: think there's a clear edge because they get. They I mean, the, the, the ACC they're schedule is so down.
1: weak to me. I mean, it's like. But Miami's going to be tough. There's a lot of uh, Miami, yeah. Ling at, Williams, Miami yeah,
0: they're, at Miami, yeah. At Miami late in the season. They play Notre Dame late.
1: Yeah, and they're uh, at South Carolina again as well.
0: Them, yeah, Exactly. Davo hates to strategize. He just likes to learn up, play vanilla. And sometimes he gets out coached and beat by a team he should uh, not lose to. Then that South Carolina game, he has to prove he can beat. Because you got to think, right? When when you got an in-state rival, you got a guy in South Carolina whose dad was a coach, they have, <clears throat> it's not a bad job. I would do it for a year. They hire a priority detective to give him 100 grand. And his job is to know every single thing there is to know about south carolina and the other guy everything you need to know by clemson and uh coach of south carolina got him last year with equal talent so he has to prove he can beat that guy he hasn't beat him Furrier beat him in the beginning and then dabble came back but now he has a new rival with south carolina so that could be a loss miami could be a loss uh notre dame always could be a loss so clemson could lose three times or they could lose i think one or two losses and maybe get themselves.
1: Yeah. I think it's uh, I really think the total, I mean ten wins. I, I, I see a ten and two team. That that's that's kind of
0: yeah, that's kind of right there. It's kind of right I mean, on I mean, I one. I mean, because I'm not sold on Florida State because Coach Norwell hasn't done it as a coach. Yeah. They go ten and three last year, they go a three game losing streak. So three game losing streak with a t- type of attempt because the state of Florida, right? You're 10 deep in every position. That's why USF, where I went to school, should always have a decent team because at every position, there's 10 Division I ballplayers, right? In the, in the top three at every position, usually will go to Florida State, uh, Miami, or Florida. In the state of Florida, so he has talent. He has 206 starts of the offensive line. 8 out of office 9-on-defense. He has his buddies as coaches. I don't necessarily like that. I think in business, to be good at sales, to be good at business, you have to be able to provide value to people you don't know. People who are cold, they don't know you. And you provide value to them, and they refer you. They're not your family. They might even hate you. In my case, they might even be racist. They hate Cubans. Or maybe they hate guys with a big mouth like me. I hate bald-headed guys with a big mouth. But Josh provides me value. He's best business that's I got to buy from him. You know? That's business. He has his buddies, his assistant coaches. He doesn't have, like, some old man he doesn't know over there, the program. And he hasn't been able to get this program to the level it needs to get to. Now they're falling behind financially. So, again, he lucked out last year. Against LSU with LSU brought 40 guys from the portal and should have beat him if they hit the extra point. He, in my opinion, has to be LSU to start the season again to to legitimize himself. He's a great coach. He deserves his four million dollars, but we're talking about elite level, national title level. And we got my guy, William Floyd, by or none, won a national title of Florida State we get him on the pack. We will We will get him on the pack, guys. Believe me. Uh, the great vine has spoken, and people have talked to Floyd. And once I talk to him, we'll get him on. <laughs> we'll get William Floyd on the podcast. Uh, color man for Florida State. You, you'll get mad at me, but he knows what I'm talking about. That I don't think Norville's a lead until he proves it, right? So he's got to prove it. Uh, I'm not as big of Florida State as everybody else. What do you think, Chad?
1: Yeah, I mean, a lot of people are really big on Florida State. Um, I mean, their win total is sitting at nine and a half juice to the over, right. you know. So I mean, they're I, yeah, I mean, they got a great quarterback coming back. Um, you know, they 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 do are returning a ton of guys off that team. Um, I, you know, I'm I'm expecting, I'm expecting them. You know to be a good team. But yeah, I really think this is the team too. You got to watch these first couple of weeks. Cause it's like, you know, it, it, they haven't historically been super, you know, good here. These last, these last few years, um, they had a decent year last year. They had a the stack
0: team last year and they lose to Wake Forest, NC state. Yeah. And then they weren't ready for that Clemson game. So that's, yeah. So I mean, there's just, lost. they let,
1: they let down last year multiple times I mean, they are returning nine starters on the defense, Right. Uh, they did, lost a couple key guys, um, you know, one lineman and one safety to the NFL. But I, I mean, a lot of returning guys on that defense. Um, I, you know, I we they did bring in a couple transfers on the O line um, after you know losing a couple guys. So I, I you know, I'm I'm looking at Florida State like it kind of similar to Clemson. I mean, this, this is not, this is a developmental conference. Um, right. You know, it's not like there's a clear cut favorite where it's like, Oh shit, this is Alabama and Georgia. You know, we know, we know what the, the championship game is going to be. That's not this conference at all. You know, so this is a team that I I, I believe is going to be a contender to be in the conference championship game. Um, And, and I, I, I see them, I st- I see them be you know being in it till the very end of the season. Very going to be very interesting to see how they do against LSU week one. That's going to be a really big tone setter for them, um, you know. And then they got to play at Clemson as well. Uh, you know, th- definitely think that's going to be a really tough game for them. Uh, We're going to so know a
0: lot about the Seminoles first month
1: of the season. Yeah, exactly. So kind of keeping an eye on them and seeing how they do it in the in these spots and see if they can kind of get over the hump from last year and and not have any letdowns and, and win those close ones.
0: Right, because that Florida game was close. Florida wasn't really that good of a team. Yeah. They barely beat them, and they barely – LSU should have beat them. LSU should have hit the, the extra point. So that's five losses. The first two years there was three and six, five, and seven. The last year easily could have been an even five year. So I'm not that big – I'm not sold on them. I don't think that quarterback's that great.
1: Yeah, I mean, nine and a half wins, you're getting probably plus 120, plus 125 to go under the nine and a half. I would probably lean under with getting all that plus money on this team. Right.
0: Right. I agree. So that is your Florida State Seminoles 2023. They will be an exciting team. They have a lot of great players. Uh, A great coach is Pat Narducey. He did a great job as defensive coordinator for – but you can state D'Antoni. D'Antoni was the defensive coordinator for Bill Belichick for the Cleveland Browns back in the day. Nick Saban was on that staff, and they all network with each other. They all have renaissance weekends with the over-strategy. They all run the four-two-five defense. They're all great judges of talent. The strength and conditioning coaches, they all have the same program that whole sheep's all the same, right? And they're different than Dabo. Dabo's 20, uh, then his assistant coaches, which a couple of them are in the uh, the uh, um, the ACC as head coaches, have a below 500 record. Not the case for this uh, group, the syndicate, right? The president, juicy's part of, he gets a lot of transfers. So, I gotta wonder. I talked to my guy, uh, Max Brown, starting quarterback at USC. Gatorade player of the year. Uh, he played for Juicy. He loves him, but he gets a lot of transfers. Slovis is now at uh, BYU. You must not like him, right? Jordan Addison left. But, uh, you know, he, he gets the most out of his players and he always has a great season. Uh, he returns three starters, 84 career starts. So you got to look at roster management. Re-recruiting his players is not that great at it, but he's saying he's losing his players to NIL money, not because they don't like him or he's a jerk. He gets guys in the NFL, right? Got a couple of linemen in, into the NFL. Uh, he has a great coaching staff. Again, that network, right? He has a coaching staff of, of assistant coaches who were also assistant coaches in the NFL. So they know how to develop talent to get them to the next level. So, again, Pitt is not a blue blood. Clemson won a national title uh, not too long ago. Florida State with Jameis Winston won a national title not too long ago. So they're right there on the edge of, of blue blood. A level below is Pitt. Pitt hasn't won a national title in 40 years. So they're a really good team that goes 8-4 and four every year. They'll be solid. Uh, they'll win a game they're not supposed to win. They also lose a game because they're running out of players in depth. Yeah. There's a lot of people that want to play in the cold of the pit. That's your pit Panthers. What do you think, uh, Chad? Yeah, man.
1: I this pit team is in like a total rebuild to me. I mean, right. they are right. We where we got Jerkovich from Boston College is going to be their projected starter right now. He's a statue. He can't run. Yeah, he's he. I mean, golly, I am not big on this guy at all. Their win total is at seven. It is juiced pretty low, but man, I I don't I can't bet. And I mean, to me, it's an under or nothing on this team. You got a team that's, I mean, sent their running back, you know, out of Canada. Their number one receiver, Jared Wayne. Um, they're missing – I mean, their two best offensive pieces are gone to the NFL. They're bringing in a new quarterback who I don't – he has experience, but I just don't think has a big upside, not really much of a playmaker. And I just don't like the style he plays with to me. is like he seems like he thinks he's very elusive and can do more than he can. He's not very realistic with his athleticism, right. which puts him in a lot of bad situations where he turns the ball over or does some stupid shit. And right. Next thing you know, the ball's on the ground. So – as a decision maker, I'm not big on Jerkovich. Um, You know, obviously, you know improvement in college football from year to year can be dramatic. So I'm definitely going to be tuned in early on to see if if I see any improvement in him. Uh, but as far as just this team replacing guys on offense and defense, I see this as a rebuilding transfer year. I see this as a down year of a two year cycle. Right. Yeah. So I mean, I'm 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 seeing Pitt. Like they're going to be competitive, you know. I see a, I see a, a six and six, seven and five team here. Like you said, winning a game they probably shouldn't win. Uh, that game will probably be later in the season as they kind of come together right. and kind of get an identity. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I think Pitts a team that is going to have a down year um, from what they've been the last few years. You know, with Kenny Pickett two years ago, they were big time. Uh, with Slovis last year, they were solid um you know with Israel out of Canada in the backfield and this is going to be their worst season in the last three years um so yeah I'm going to be very curious to see how the rebuild looks offensively and defensively and uh you know see how how uh the quarterback's looking because yeah I'm not I'm not I'm not a big fan of Jerkovic from what I've seen thus far um as a guy I'm really looking to really back yeah uh don't bet
0: the path uh Narduzzi's been a great, great coach in the past. He is a great coach now, but to your point, Chad, and to educate the public, coaches recruit in two-year cycles. For Nick, for Nick Saban in Alabama is when he wins a national title or makes the playoffs, right? For a guy like Narduzzi, he might not even make a bowl. Uh, he beats Wofford. Maybe he beats Cincinnati with a new coach. That line, again, at West Virginia, you got to look at West Virginia, right? The road games are going to have a tough time. They're going to have a tough time at West Virginia. They're going to have a tough time at Virginia Tech, just like the Super Bowl for Virginia Tech early in the season where they're not beat up. All the players aren't hurt. That's going to be tough. At Wake Forest, great coach. We'll get into Coach Watson a little bit. At Notre Dame, self-explanatory. And then at Duke, your favorite. Yep. (laughs) You <laughs> you helped me last
1: year with Duke. I, I underestimated Duke. I mean, I will say Pitt did get very lucky that they don't play Clemson, Miami, or NC State.
0: <laughs> Those are three locks. I mean,
1: yeah, that's a – I mean, they got a good ACC schedule. Right. Um, you know, to – I mean, but even at best, I see them pushing the 7-1. Seven seven I mean, I really see the 7-5 as kind of – you know, they're. I think that they squeak into a bowl game here. This is a six and six, seven and five team that squeaks into a bowl, right? And with the West Virginia coach on the hot seat,
0: this that's a game he's targeting because that's a game yeah, and tough. they and they lost
1: a heartbreaker last year with JT Daniels in pit right. game one, right? Which was a re, you know a good game down to the wire. So I, I, I think that 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 will lead to them targeting that game as well, right?
0: So the next thing team we'll, we'll look at. I think it will be a better team. Uh, you got a Hall of Fame coach, Ben Brown, won the national title with Vince Young in 2005. If Coy doesn't get hurt, uh, he, he would have gave Coach Saban a run for his money for the national title. I think it was 2010-2011. Gene Cizik uh, who's the defensive coordinator, won the national title at Auburn, right? Corporate governance with Cam Newton. He paid Cam Newton to go to Auburn and he won a national title. He's a defensive uh, coach there. Again, this, they're in the second year of a two-year cycle. They got their quarterback. I don't think he's that great, but they got him set up. He's a, he's a decent college quarterback. They have 137 career starts on that offensive line. we are talking about a Hall of Fame coach here. So Hall of Fame coaches, national title coaches, know how to coach guys in the trenches. Know how to control game, how to strategize for game, make in-game adjustments. I like North Carolina a lot this year. Uh, they have nine coming back on offense, eight coming off uh, coming back on defense. Hall of Fame coaches. That game at South Carolina is going to be very very interesting. Uh, they get out of there. <clears throat> uh, I think it's Katie by the door. They get. Miami at home, the road games at Clemson, November eighteenth, might be for all the marbles. Either way, what do you think, Chad?
1: Uh, yeah, man, I, I, I like this North Carolina team. Um, I, 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 think this team is. I mean, I think they're gonna en- en- end up in in this ACC championship game, man. Win totals eight and a half juice to the under um it's an easy not because you know uh
0: you got jobs on the line (laughs) you might be you might be in it in the ncaa not not that we're uh looking at the betting angle out of it but just looking at it from a market perspective yeah yeah just just, uh, yeah just looking at what really bullish to look at financial term really bullish on the north carolina
1: tires yeah I think eight. I mean, yeah. I just i. I think this is a team that can win nine games. I just see nine wins on their schedule. Um, and I, yeah, I. I love the corporate governance. I love Mac Brown. Right. Uh, I I think May right now is the best quarterback that we've talked about thus far. Um, I would say he's probably my favorite quarterback in the ACC, and I'm big on backing quarterbacks. I I think Drake May has great upside. Um, their defense last year was ranked 12th against the run and dead last against the offense. They gave up 30.8 points a game. They were a crazy over team. Um, oh, I mean, they, they were 80% to the over last year. Uh, I see, I'm kind of going to think they're going to be a similar style team. You know, Mac Brown's an offensive guy. You know they are returning a bunch of guys on that defense, so I'm looking for the defense to tighten up a little bit this year with the with all those returners. Um, and yeah, I just think we do have a new play caller in Chip Lindsey there in North Carolina. But you know, I think with Mac Brown kind of is it, it, going to make that transition smooth. You know, well, salesmen,
0: salesmen think short term, businessmen think long term. Now, Mac Brown's wife makes she's worth like 200 million dollars in real estate. This is a business family. He's made hundreds of million dollars in football, won a national championship, went to another. He has stature. So what what does that mean? To Chad's point in the beginning of the podcast, right? Long-term thinking, keeping your main guys fresh. He used his clout, his influence, to get himself a double buy, like they do in the SEC, right? Where he plays Campbell on November the 4th. That's basically a bye week right there. You have a bye week September the 30th after September, you know where they play South Carolina, Appalachian State, Minnesota, and Pittsburgh right? Those are big teams with big offensive lines. They get a bye week September 30th and then they get another bye week, November 4th when they play Campbell where, where the managers and everybody else can be on there playing where all the main starters will get rest for that push late in the season against Duke Clemson, North Carolina State. And what Chad and I are predicting, is an ACC title game. So we're bullish on North Carolina getting to to the title
1: Yeah. So the ACC title game, that wouldn't count for the total, the win total either. No. Just the 12 regular season games is all they account for. Yeah.
0: So, So we're bullish on them being able to outperform the market. Right? Yeah. And that's your North Carolina Tar Heels. Mario Cristobal, offensive line coach with Nick Saban. The Saban tree, uh, they all hang out with each other. They're all great judges of talent. Uh, Van Dyke comes in at quarterback. They have 120 starts coming back on the offensive line. Uh, Cristobal, pretty much his own line coach. And again, what Mac Brown's going to do, and what Cristobal's going to do, they're going to protect the defense. They're going to run. To protect the defense keep their guys fresher on defense and they'll be better off to have all whole new coordinator. coordinators uh but really basically uh the way Savin teaches kirby smart the way he taught christopher they can coach each position on the field offense defense uh i'm cuban uh, christopher's cuban he's a control freak so he's controlling everything right uh, he did good at FIU as a coach. He did good at Oregon as a coach. I see Miami having a good year, but it's going to hinge on a couple of outcomes. Texas A&M at home, it's going to be an interesting ball game for them. Florida State is going to be very interesting when they go to Tallahassee. That, those two games are going to decide their season, and then the Clemson game, they can't get blown out by Clemson, right? Or if they can upset them, even better. But the, the season's going to hinge on how they play against uh, Texas a and at home in that Florida State game, right? crystal ball yeah. to have a successful season, has to beat Florida State. He has nine coming back on offense and 10 on defense. He has a ton of talent. Another Cuban, Ruiz. Is paying everybody two three hundred thousand dollar checks NIL. He's a multi multi multi-billionaire. He's worth $23 billion. He's taking a billion dollars of just writing NIL checks. (laughs) So he's got the talent, he's got everybody he wants. So he has to win these games. He has to be Florida State to have a successful season. What do you think, Chad And then to your point, too, uh, a lot of coaches, except for Miami, they said that uh Recruits are calling out uh, the ACC, the JV to the to the SEC. Oh, I don't want to play for the JV team, man. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. You know, I um, I just am not. I'm not big on Van Dyke. I just thought this team was so mediocre last year. Um, you know, a defensive team, and under team for sure. We got. I mean, Chris the ball. He just wants to run the ball. He just wants to run. Yeah, ball. he wants to run the ball and they will put it on that defense. You know, I'm looking for them to be an under team, but yeah, I mean, their win totals at seven and a half juice to the under. I mean, I, I think this team wins seven. I think they win seven games. I think they're a seven and five team kind of, I think they were seven and five last year too. I want to say, right. I think they come, I mean, there's a lot of tough games. I mean, I, I, I don't think, you know, Texas a and I think is going to be a tough game for them, you know, at North Carolina, I see that as a loss. Clemson's a loss at Florida state, tough game, Louisville. They got to, you know, they got to play at NC state. Um, I mean, that's six games right there that I'm like, man, I could see them losing all six of those. Well, even, they have even a lot more play. talent
0: than NC state. Right?
1: Yeah. Dude. They would have to win two of those games to go. They would have to win two of those six games. Um, and I, I, I'm not sold on this team. I don't think that I don't think Van, I think Van Dyke is really overhyped. Uh, I, I am worried about this offense scoring points. They were very bad last year. I want to say they averaged like 23.6 points a game, is what I have here. So very, very poor offensively. Uh, couldn't score. I mean, you're just, Scoring under 24 points a game on average, I just don't think you're going to have a lot of success in modern day college football winning games. Um, So I'm really looking to see if they can score points and put points on the board. Cause I mean, we know their defense is going to keep it close, um, but I, I'm really looking at that offense. I'm looking at Van Dyke. Can they score points? You got to score points to win in football. You know, you, you got Defenses are going to wear down and break down, and they're going to get pissed off freaking shutting teams out and losing games 17 to 14, you know? So I'm looking at that offense. Can we score points? Cristobal, you're a defensive guy. Can your offense score points? Let me see it.
0: He's not necessarily a defensive guy. He's an offensive line coach that likes a strong defense. He he likes the offensive line to control the game, uh, run clock, And all these teams in the ACC, uh, they're looking at the running clock with six minutes left in the fourth quarter to run the ball. They don't don't even want to score. They just want to run the clock out with the running clock, the six-minute offense late in the fourth quarter. And one thing to look at, that Florida State-Clemson game, uh, these are targeted games. What that means is they're going to look different in those games than they look in every other game. They have special game plans for Clemson and Florida State. So when they line up, Florida State and Clemson will see things they haven't seen on film. So Crystal ball, uh the fans, right, won nothing less than 10-2. I don't know if he can get there. He, he needs to beat Texas a and If he doesn't, he won't. And then for people like investing, Virginia is going to have a hard time in the second half. Global warming is real, right? 100, first time in history, the water temperature in Florida is over 100 degrees. That's the water. <laughs> so much for going in the water, all right? Louisville's going to have a hard time in the second half on November 18th in the heat and humidity down there in Miami. NC State, uh, a developmental team. They've had the roster the way they wanted it a couple of years. This year, they take a step back. They only have uh, 63 starts on the offensive line. Uh, They return seven on offense, five on defense. Uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, small place, not a big market for NIL to to pay players. I see them 500 team at Connecticut. I think they're going to struggle at Connecticut. Coach Mora. Uh, it's going to sneak on them. Then they have Notre Dame the week after that. It's a bad taste in their mouth to start the season. Maybe they pull it late. You're looking at six and six for your NC State Wolfback well, and Coach Derson, who's a good developmental coach, but he's in year one of maybe a two year cycle. Look for them to be much better next year. What do you think, Chad? Yeah, I
1: mean, Vic. The- o'leary the stud quarterback they've had hit the portal um they got a bat a three guys battling uh, um looks like finley that might have been the auburn auburn transfer brennan armstrong virginia guy the lefty that's played there the last few years so yeah i mean offense is going to be up in the air um you know the defense, I'm expecting, you know, they got six starters returning, including their leading tackler, linebacker, Peyton Wilson. I'm expecting the defense to be pretty solid. Um, you know, I'm this is gonna be an under team again, man. I'm, this is a team I think that's really gonna be a very competitive right. because of their defense. Right. Um gonna lose a lot of close games because they can't score. And you know, gonna play a lot of under games because of that defense, and they're not gonna be able to score. So, I'm looking at yeah, they have to be very NC- conservative
0: with so many few starts on that offensive line early in the season. They're gonna have to have the tight end come in, come in and chip and block on passing plays. So, they're you're gonna have less receivers
1: out there, Pat. You know what yeah, I mean? But I agree with you, I think this team is gonna come in right around six and six. Um, you know, I I think at yeah, seven win bad, totals, man. I would. I mean, Friday I night at Virginia, this. that's not good.
0: Friday night game on the road with a young offensive line after yeah. Notre Dame, you know, that's not good for them.
1: Yeah, at, you know, and, and they're at, you know, at Virginia Tech. They got no, you know, North Carolina right. at home. I mean, that's. I mean, yeah, they they got a tough road to win seven games right. here with their win total at seven. Yeah, this team's in a rebuild year. Down cycle of the two-year cycle. Right. Uh, this is an under seven wins or or, or nothing for me here. I, li- I like NC State to come in about six and six this year, middle of the pack team. Because of that defense, they probably will win one game they shouldn't. Uh, but they'll also probably lose one or two games they should win because they won't be able to score. Right. Right, And, and the
0: other team makes mistakes, right? They're going to sit back, wait for other teams to make mistakes. They're not going to make mistakes. you are going to be very, very, very conservative on offense. That's what coach likes doing so that's your nc state uh wolfpack now louisville is going to be a little bit different you got a guy that you're familiar with your brother chance went in there against purdue against coach Brom. uh his brother is the offensive coordinator that same offense they ran in louisville he was a quarterback of louisville he's the alma mater so he knows how to recruit louisville he as a head coach he, he he's uh he he has made those connections and recruiting and has the money, his his own money. He has different business stuff with horses and all kinds of things in Louisville, where he's making money outside of football, where he himself, he's not like a Ruiz with 23 billion, but he himself he come up with a couple hundred grand to get a recruit when he needs to with an eye out. So that roster is gonna be better coming kind of like a Lincoln Riley situation. Uh we he is going to bring good players from the portal. Ron English is a defensive coordinator. He's old school, Michigan, Bo guy. Great recruiter. He knows, he's known as a great recruiter. Decent XSNOs guy. But he's there for his recruiting. Uh, and he's built a network over 30 years out of get players in high school. So they, they're going to be good enough. Uh, they return get them out. They have 150 starts coming back on that offensive line right? with really good offensive coordinators there. I like them to be better than what most people think. They have a favorable schedule. They don't really play. Georgia Tech, they should should probably win that game. Murray State, Indiana, Boston College, NC State, then Notre Dame, then Pittsburgh. So I like, I like Louisville to be a very exciting team. I'm bullish
1: on your Louisville Cardinals. What do you think, Chad? Yeah, no, I agree. This total set at eight wins. I, I, I agree. I think they go over eight wins. I think there's nine wins on this, on this schedule for them. Um, The defense was much improved last year. Think that, you know, the, the defense will be good again. And right. We got an offensive coach here, you know, and Jeff Brom, um, Offensive guru type guy right. that man he 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 tends right we um I mean, we saw last year Brom in his excellence right we saw Malik Cunningham get banged up and we saw that they were able to offense you know he was in there relatively... remember, he was
0: at Purdue in this Datterfield is now it's Cincinnati
1: oh yeah, yeah that's right that's right that's right Um Brom's in his first year here right yeah but yeah I just I you know being an offensive guy he's just uh, a smart I, guy I he's expect...
0: a smart guy he's a he's a smart coach.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm expecting him to be able to get this offense, um, you know, in in rhythm. And I, I think Louisville has the talent here. They're going to have the guys. I think the defense will be solid. Um, you know, and like I said, we talked about the kind of theme of this conference, developmental conference. Right. You know, this is not you know a a, a, a conference that has two or three teams at the top that are just that are just have all the five stars and have a, a significant amount of marginal utility right. between the players. Right. So. I like I think Louisville can I mean at eight wins, I think they easily win eight wins and push here. And I I mean I could see this team win in ten games. You know, it, it wouldn't wouldn't yeah, shock really me talk. with their schedule. Um wouldn't shock me at all. I mean, I'm just looking at what is their hardest game. I mean at I mean they're they I mean golly, I don't know yeah, what that I mean, Notre Dame. Yeah, Miami Depending yeah, on, yeah how but I'm just—I don't—I don't think Miami's going to be good at all, either. I mean, this schedule to me is one of the easiest schedules I think in the ACC, top to bottom. I mean, no Clemson on there,
0: no North Carolina,
1: North Carolina on there. Um, I mean, not even
0: Wake Forest.
1: <laughs> yeah, no Wake. I mean, it, it's it is a very manageable um, schedule. Manageable schedule with some of the best teams. You know they don't even have to play. Right. Um, so I mean, I'm, hey, I'm looking at Louisville governance here. governance
0: and how the coach manages the team, and you got an experienced coach who did well at Purdue. At Purdue, it's a developmental team, really in the Big Ten.
1: Yeah. So I I like I like I like Louisville over the eight wins here. I think this is a, I think this team can can win nine or ten games. I oh, set up for it. I set up for it.
0: Yeah, big time, big time. I mean that last game against Kentucky, but Kentucky's going to
1: be a beat up football team at that point. Yeah, and like I mean, it's just it's still I mean it's a it's a rivalry game in state. I mean it's 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 a very you way, and year. it's at it's at home. I mean it's in Louisville. Right. It's I mean that's a very winnable game. Every game on this schedule is winnable. Oh yeah, big time. So we are
0: bullish on your Louisville Cardinal, a team chat saving last year with the Duke uh, Blue Devils. Very impressed with Mike Elko. Yeah, uh, great job there uh he did work under dave clausen who's a great developmental coach over there at Wake forest so i should have said hey he he, he, dave clausen guys are good uh he returns great job at roster management right he returns 122 starts on that offensive line
1: yeah and nine offensive starters as well nine
0: offensive starters and then eight on defense uh duke is going to be um better than not again this year they went 94 last year i look for a similar year what do you think chad
1: man i love i love duke i i think duke right we got a elko in his second year here had a great year one i think they're gonna build off last year elko's a defensive guy Right. So uh, the year before he got there, they were allowing 39.8, almost 40 points a game. Right. Uh, He was able to cut that down to 22.1 points per game, almost two touchdowns less, or more than that. That's that's almost 18 18 points. That's 18 points a game less in year one. Um, He's bringing back a ton of starters on that defense. The offensive unit was amazing last year. I'm big on their quarterback. I liked him a lot. I think they got playmakers around him uh, with nine starters coming back. I I love this Duke team. I, I'm looking at this is a, a team that's going to have an outside shot to to end up in this championship game, um, and it wouldn't shock me. I would not be shocked uh, to see Duke, you know, be playing with Clemson, Um, you know, play, play, playing with these teams – these top teams in this program, I mean, I think their win total at six is just way too low. Um, I mean, they would have to. The
0: hype. Like Florida State's getting hyped. People are saying Duke six wins, and it's hype. It's people that don't even watch football saying stuff that we like it because then we're, we're able to leverage it and we, it, it, we, get, we get an edge. Yeah.
1: I mean I see 6 wins I mean the total at 6 I have 6 automatic wins for a put I mean Lafayette Northwestern Yukon NC State Virginia and Pitt I mean I at Virginia I mean at Yukon I, mean, I don't think all those teams those 6 teams are are very winnable games. so basically I'm looking at for this team to to cover they they between Clemson Notre Dame Florida State Louisville Wake and North Carolina they got to win one of those games right. Um, You know, and Wake Forest is that they play Wake Forest at home, and Notre Dame, and North Carolina all at home, all, even on the road at Florida State. You know that that's a, that's a game they could win. So. And that
0: Northwestern game is different, right? Because they don't have their coach. All the assistants yep. were bypassed from a guy who just got there. He gets there in, in January, and now he's the head coach. Nobody knows. And
1: Duke him. absolutely ran Northwestern by thirty points last year. They killed them. Right. So. Um, you know I'm expecting them getting them at home that was at northwestern last year getting them at home this year i'm I'm expecting a route just like last year right
0: the the, the player didn't even show up to media day you know because you know because of the chaos
1: mm-hmm. so yeah six wins this is probably my favorite if I had to pick one win total that's my favorite Duke this over is a, six. this is
0: a team in the eight a- a- C- C- the year the Chad
1: Nolan feels it's undervalued. Mm-hmm. I do. Six wins is, is, is too low that, that has, that means they're going to be a bottom four or five team in this conference. And I just, I, I don't see that out of them.
0: No, because Virginia. Virginia is a disaster, right? Remember Dabo Sweeney's assistance, Chad Morris, Chad, uh, Jeff Scott that I had to deal with at USF. Uh, they're, they're all way under 500 as coaches, right? And that's the Virginia coach, Tony Elliott. But before that, we're looking at Dave, uh, Dave Clawson of Wake Forest. He returns only 62 career starts in the offensive line. He's a great developmental coach. He's in year one of a, of a cycle. He had that up cycle where they did really well with that mesh offense. And in, in to your point, uh, that Duke coach, great strategist on defense. Flossen, great strategist on offense. They run a different offense on every series, right? They'll have wishbone concepts on one series. Next series, they'll come back with the spread option. The other series, they come up with everything, right? The slow mesh. But there's only so much you could do. And he's developing this team. They're in year one other their cycle. Uh, they'll be exciting. You'll have something dialed up. They have an easy schedule. Elon, Vanderbilt, Old Dominion, Georgia Tech. But then at Clemson, they're going to have a tough time. At Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech probably be desperate. Uh, Florida State will be tough for them. Notre Dame at Notre Dame and at Syracuse. Yeah,
1: And at Duke as well. At,
0: and, and Duke right? So they're not going to have the success they've had the year in the past. It'll be hard for them. I really doubt they'll be able to match the eight and five record last year.
1: Yep. I agree. I think this is a six and a half win total. I think Wake Forest is going to go under that. I think they're going to be in a total rebuild this year. Um, I really think the best case scenario this team does is six and six make squeaks into a bowl game. Right. Um, and that's just basically based off, you know, that week. Elon, Vanderbilt, Old Dominion, Georgia Tech. Um, you know, they they play a pretty favorable schedule. Right. Um, but e- even then, I just – I don't see them winning at Duke. I see them having a tough time at Virginia Tech, you know, at Clemson. And then, you know, Pitt, Florida State, Notre Dame, At you know, at Notre Dame, at Syracuse. I mean, those, those are – The bottom
0: could drop out of the season.
1: Yeah, I mean this. This this could be a three win team. I think uh, you got to look at this win total under the six and a half, and this as a total rebuild year for Wake Forest.
0: 100. So that's your Wake Forest Demon Deacons, Syracuse Orange and Dino Beavers. He always figures something out, right? It doesn't matter who the coordinators are. Uh, he chases, you know, he switches down. He got Stern and Gilbert, who was the worst offensive coordinator USF ever had. He had him. He had him for a year before he fired. I'm like, why did you hire him? It was, it was uh, easy to see he would be fired. Uh, he only has 47 career starts on that offensive line coming back. Uh, he was about to get fired last year. Uh, a lot of smoking mirrors. Uh, but the schedule isn't that daunting. But I see them as a 500-below-500 500, 500 team here. I don't see much from them. They'll have some exciting game at home over there at Car- the Carrier Dome. But I just I just don't see it. It's hard to recruit, right? They're almost, basically, they're a candidate. So it's hard to recruit out there. Uh, ACC's looked at it to JV from the SEC. Uh, I think he, he might have to just open up the offense, get into some shootouts, especially late in the season. Uh Colgate to start the season, Western Michigan, Purdue. Army is not a clear win. There's some <clears throat> you gotta look at Army. Yeah.
1: yeah, this is I agree. You know, and also too, Garrett Schrader, their quarterback. Um, he, he got hurt in spring ball, so he, he he's not gonna be available.
0: So that's tough. At Virginia Tech on a Thursday night, 80% of teams that go on the road on Thursday night lose. So it's gonna to be tough for them. It's gonna to be
1: tough for the Orangemen this year. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, especially with Trader not being out, you know, being being banged up. Yeah, I think this team six and a half win total. I agree with you, man. This is a, this is a team that's. I don't think they hit seven wins this year. Uh, I think they stay under six and a half, and it's gonna be a tough rebuild for year for them. Tough year for them.
0: Now a team that the sneaky. That I think it's reverse order. You got to watch out for Boston College. They have 137 starts on the offensive line coming back. Uh, Coach Halfley, he it's on the hot seat. Uh, Urban Meyer assistants, right? Uh, Charlie Strong, they all suck. So he's you know he's got from the Urban Meyer tree uh, Herman, right? Herman gets fired at Texas. He's about to get fired at Boston College. He has to do. Pull all the stops this year, and the ACC isn't really that great, right? So he, that gives him a chance. In <laughs> 137 starts on the offensive line to try to control the game, uh, he, he's coaching the NFL. His uh, his offensive coordinator, Rob Chusinski, was a head coach of the Browns, so he has great NFL connections. Uh, he's a great recruiter. That's why he's there. Uh, he has a and now fell guy. They have nine coming back on offense, six coming back on defense. Northern Illinois, Holy Cross, Florida State at home, at Louisville, Virginia, Army, Georgia Tech, Connecticut, Syracuse, Virginia Tech, Pittsburgh, and Miami. So they can go eight and four and not really be that good. Just be really motivated. And coach, yeah. not sleep. Two hours of sleep a night, uh, making sure he doesn't get fired. What do you think, Chad?
1: I mean, yeah, I I agree. I I like this team better than Syracuse, I think this year. But, um, you know, their total is only five and a half wins. I mean, and they got, I mean, between Northern Illinois, Holy Cross, Virginia, Yukon, Virginia Tech. I mean that's five right there. That's five right there. The total's five and a half. So yeah, I mean. Then you look at they got to win one game between Florida State at Louisville at Army at Georgia Tech at Syracuse at Pitt in Miami and I mean I I think they they could I mean they Syracuse, could win my yeah Syracuse they could beat Miami they could win at Syracuse they could win at Pitt they right. could win at Georgia Tech right. they could win at Army I mean they only need one of those games to go over right. they got to win one of right. those so I mean I would definitely uh, say that you know Boston College you know could could definitely. Get get six wins here. Yeah, very bullish. Would not would not shock me off this very very favorable schedule. Yes,
0: we're very bullish on Duke. We're very bullish on North Carolina, and we're very bullish on your Boston College Eagles. With 137 starts in on the offensive line, good job at roster management by coach. Yeah, to keep his job. The other side of the coin is Brent Pry, Penn State guy. Uh, with the Hokies, Virginia. it's tough to recruit at Virginia Tech, Blacksburg, Virginia. It's tough to get guys up there. Uh, he did not do a good job with roster management, as the other guys have done. He only has 53 starts in that offensive line. Virginia Tech, where they're at, the philosophy, they have to have good offensive line play to give themselves a chance. Uh didn't see much from them last year from coach like we saw Duke. You got to think that player for player, Virginia Tech is just as good as Duke. But Duke, Duke had a good year. This guy had a bad year. Uh, I really don't see much from these guys. Old Dominion, Purdue, Rutgers, Marshall, Pitt, Florida State, Wake Forest. I think some of these home games where they, they get built in a win on a Thursday night against Syracuse, it's gonna help them out, but I I probably will record this game and 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 put them on as I'm going to sleep to help me get to sleep.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't like Virginia Virginia Tech. I I five and a half wins. I, I think they go under five and a half wins. I don't I don't see them. I mean, I just – I can't see this team doing very well this year. I just don't know what they're going to have at quarterback. I mean, they were just so terrible offensively last year. Um, just a just a bottom of the barrel, I mean, team in a conference that is, it wasn't a great conference, you know. So, yeah, I'm not, I, I'm not big on Virginia Tech. I think they're going to be one of the worst teams uh, in the ACC this year. Right. I think they just have a lot of question marks. I mean, uh, quarterback on offense, um, you know, defense, they just – they're, you know, they're they're in a in a tough tough rebuilding year. As I mean, they they haven't haven't had success here in a while. Uh, they haven't really been super competitive in a while. So yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm not I'm not I'm not big on this Virginia Tech team. Uh, I think they went. I think they you know five win five games at best this year. No, no. Uh, and, five and. and I know like like
0: Arkansas. Arkansas considers themselves a developmental team in the SEC. Their coach states that he wants 15 offensive linemen on the roster every Mm -hmm. year. So he's always going to recruit offensive linemen, right? I think if you're a developmental team, you got to do what Boston College is doing, uh, what Duke is doing, and making sure that every year they have significant starters coming back, and then have significant starts on the offensive line. Or get a guy in the portal who started, right? Get a Drupal guy who started all two years a lot of football uh georgia tech they they basically had a high school team last year they got five wins out of those guys it's in transition they have a new coach even though he's been there different philosophy georgia tech is a hard school to get into it's a very hard engineering school to get into so they have a hard time recruiting uh 425 defense they're going to play close to the best not Hope the other team does not make mistakes. Uh, they have Louisville, South Carolina. they their FCS, but they, they're a good FCS. They could beat Georgia Tech, so watch out. At Mississippi, they're going to get blown out. At Wake Forest, first conference game, right? Bowling Green, then at Miami. Then they have a bye week Boston College, North Carolina, Virginia, at Virginia. That's going to be a problem because Virginia's going to be desperate. They suck. They need a win. But so they look at a high school team coming at them. They'll get motivated. At Clemson, they'll get blown out. Syracuse, and then they get blown out by Georgia. Right? So they got three built-in blowouts. <laughs> right? To, to start the season with uh, with Georgia Tech. I would just, you know, I would, I'm i not going to watch their games this year. Well, I watch, right, because I'm a junkie. But I'm not going to expect too much from him. What do you think, Jack?
1: Yeah, no, it's Virginia. – we're still on Virginia Tech, right?
0: We, we went from Virginia Tech, now this is Georgia Tech. But basically the same oh, thing. Georgia Tech – Yeah,
1: and, yeah. And, uh, very similar team here. Yeah, yeah. Georgia Tech, um, I mean, they do have a new play caller in, in Buster Faulkner. Um, they – got a three man quarterback battle going on in the spring, you know, trying to kind of figure out who the guy is. Um, Yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm not big on this Georgia tech team. I mean, defensively they're, they're losing four of their top five players from last year. I, I, I don't, I don't see this team being very competitive. I see them being a, Bottom of the barrel. Let's see where their win total is. It's got to be right around five or six. I can't see it any more than that.
0: Yeah, yeah. But they're a team that can bottom out and go two and ten.
1: Yeah. No. Totally. Totally. Definitely. Definitely an under. What? Yeah.
0: Now you got to watch out that Georgia game because Georgia will blow them out. But if the line is like last year, it was like fifty points, right? Uh, you got to think Georgia is going to be playing their third string to, you know, to rest their players for the SEC championship game. They might not cover yeah, no. yeah, totally. Now
1: this game, uh, yeah, four and a half wins, Georgia Tech under the four and a half wins. They, they play a tough schedule too. I mean, yeah, you Louis, you're at Ole Miss. You got to play Georgia. You got two SEC teams on that schedule.
0: Right. In Wake Forest, early in the season, Wake Forest, that's that's a Super Bowl game for Wade
1: Forrest and Coach Slaughter. Yeah, exactly. To. You know they gotta go at Miami. They gotta play North Carolina. Right. Um, I mean, they go to Clemson. This is not an easy schedule here. I mean, really, only two wins. They got South Carolina State and Bowling Green. Right. You know, that's you know, I, I, Boston College is probably a lot. I mean, like you said, this could easily be a two and ten team. So under the four and a half for sure. Yeah,
0: and, and you do have Chris Winkie as a co-offensive coordinator. I would guess he would call the plays because he's an NFL quarterback. Um, I think he won an yeah he did win an NFL title with Florida State, but it's not going to make that much difference, right? And then you got Virginia. Virginia's a complete disaster. Not as good as it used to be. Again. Uh, Dable Sweeney's assistants have won about thirty percent of their games, including Tony Elliott, that went three and seven on a team that had gone six and six, five and five, and nine and five, eight and five the previous years before he got there.
1: Yeah, they're not they're not returning much on the O line either. They We're probably have bad to roster them man.
0: Out. If Duke can return people on the offensive line, get guys from JUCO who have starts. Get guys in the portal who have starts. Why couldn't Tony Elliott did it, right? He's part of that devil-sweeney cult. I can't win because Clemson is so great, you know? Now I'm here in Virginia. Yeah. I
1: think Virginia, too, is – I mean, they were a really big under-team last year. you got to look at them that way as well. I mean, their defense was all right. But, I mean, this team averaged 17 points a game last year. Right. I mean, just – you're just – I mean, you can't – can't compete with only they might
0: start zero and five tennessee right yeah it's probably get blown out james madison james madison is a good football team james madison will probably beat them uh at maryland right that's probably another loss nc state on a friday night they have to it's a must game situation for them at boston college with at that point, there will be 200 starts on that offensive line at Boston College, William and Mary. So they'll have like a d- double bye week before they get blown out at North Carolina, at Miami. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: <laughs> you're looking at demoralization, right? For, you know, can he keep a team together?
1: Yeah, no, nah, under them? three. Their win totals three and a half wins.
0: Yeah, it's going to be right at. It's going to be right at that.
1: I, yeah, I mean, I, I see. I don't. Yeah, I don't know where that that fourth win's going to come from because they're going to have to beat, you know, Virginia Tech, or they're going to have to beat Duke or Louisville. I mean, they're going to have to. They're going to have to win a game that they're going to be heavily underdogs. But William think.
0: and Mary is the only sure win they have. Yeah, exactly. And look for it because people, oh, Virginia's in the ACC. They're great. Oh, James Madison. I haven't heard of James Madison. Oh, Oh, for sure Virginia's going to win that game. No, not so fast. (laughs) All right? Not so fast. All right, man. Thank you, Chad, for joining me with the ACC, man. Needed it. You always have to bounce off ideas, get a different perspective, so we know what we're watching. We're educated
1: uh, sports fans. Final thoughts? Oh, good stuff, man. I uh... Yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, it's it's crazy just building off year to year, you know. Watched a lot right. of ACC last year and just kind of seeing, you know, it's a lot to keep up with in college football now. You got guys transferring in conference, you right. know. Our Brennan Armstrong was at Virginia last year, quarterback. Now he's at NC State. <laughs> um, you know, you got to keep up with that stuff because you'll be watching the game going. I thought he played for yeah, the other team. Exactly. You know, so there's a lot to keep up with in today's modern college football. Lot of lot of uh, you know it's not just the coaches moving around now. You got players moving around just as much as the coaches. So keeping up with who's where, you know what what guy is uh, returning starters, retaining those guys. You know what teams are bringing in a bunch of transfers. Um, you know whether they're bringing them in you know before the spring or after the spring. You know you got to look at all this stuff now. You know what you know what what, what teams are doing this, and um, you know it's not about. You know, as you can see, no one really talks about who's got the best high school recruiting class anymore. The way the NIL and the portals happened, it, high school recruiting classes have become off No, exactly. Recruiting class, but if I have a better press, it's irrelevant because I got guys in the portal that I can play right now that are juniors. I already started right. a year in college football. That guy's going to come in and impact my program nine times out of ten more than a true freshman it would ever. So, um, right. yeah, just just. Factoring in all these these new uh, you know new things in, in college football and the new things that we got to take into handicapping and and what you know exactly you know it, you know is, is is the best prediction of this outcome you know based off these coaches and these players bouncing around and these relationships and just using that to to get an edge.
0: No, and the book is back there. Decision science—that's what we teach here. Consulting, we teach management. You know, I charge three hundred bucks an hour. But on the podcast, listening to an hour, you get three hundred dollars, at minimum, worth of value for in, in trading for your time. And now you're going to enjoy the games better, right? With that knowledge and being able to combine things, because again, it's a totally different world. Eighteen people overestimate decisions. 18 year old kids' parents, they overestimate the decisions. So, 18 year old guy comes in, and again, the conversation we talk about at the end of the season it's at, at uh, winter lifting. Hey, uh, we reassured you this year. Next year, you might not be a starter. Or oh, I might not be the starter. You mean I have to compete? And then he goes home, and Syracuse calls hey, man, you're starting next year with us. Transfer beginning of semester right? Yeah. Dude is gone. He's, he's hitting the supporter to go start. <laughs> right. right, you know what I mean? So it's a whole new world, whole new world. And we always close it. We don't charge, we don't charge for the podcast or make it a subscription where you have to pay money to get the knowledge that we have that you'll benefit from. It's all free. And we always close with, with what Winston Churchill said. You make a living from your labor, but you make a life from what you give. Thank you for listening to the ESBC Podcast Network. That's why this don't costs $800. And that goes to her. And I don't know what that cost. I just shame to work. That's why I wear good shoes and roll my butt and I can eliminate stuff out here a mile long.